holding on to holding on to a thin layer of ice and uh, it doesn't take long before your body uh, can't survive anymore. Tonight on thin ice, the near tragedy narrowly averted and the winter warning everyone needs to hear. Good evening. We start with a real life example of a normal activity this time of year that that can become very dangerous very fast. Three people are recovering tonight after falling through the ice and into the frigid waters of Lake Ontario. CTV's Mike Walker is here to walk us through what happened. Mike. Well, Michelle Rahim, two people were skating on the frozen bay near Hanolins Point when they fell through the ice. The third person tried to help them, but also fell into the cold water. Now, first responders say all three are extremely lucky that they were rescued and that this could have easily been a tragedy. Three people brought back to shore by the Marine unit on stretchers and loaded into waiting ambulances. Lucky to be alive, police say, after falling through the ice near the Toronto Islands. To actually see these people still on top of the ice um, is actually a miracle in itself. So that's how serious it, it, it got today. Around 8.30 this morning, first responders rushed out to the bay near Hanlon's Point, where they say two people out skating fell through the thin ice. A third, who tried to help them, also fell into the frigid water. There's nobody wearing a life jacket, um, hanging on to uh, some broken ice um, and screaming for help. Wearing special protective suits and using ropes, the Toronto Police Marine Unit were able to bring them back to shore. It doesn't take long before your body uh, can't survive anymore, or, or if that ice was to break free, they would have went straight down. It's about 20 feet deep. The 911 call came from a witness on shore. Toronto fires say the trio, two women and a man, all in their 20s, were in the water for 16 minutes before they were rescued. So, incredible amount of time to get them, but that is not a lot of time in terms of survivability. If it was longer than that, I don't know if we would have had the positive outcome. The three were taken to hospital to be treated for hypothermia. We're dealing with, with strictly minutes when you fall into ice water conditions. And fortunately, in this case, we were able to get them in time. Shortly after the rescue, more people were spotted skating in the same area with a dog. Not too far from there, Lake Ontario was wide open. Police and fire urging no ice is safe, even after the recent blast of extreme cold. We just had that two-day flash freeze. That's not long enough. Um, to make the ice thick. Today's rescue, a stark reminder, one they say could have ended in tragedy. Now, with the mild swing in temperatures, police are urging everyone to stay off the ice and away from waterways that are expected to be even more dangerous and slippery. As for those three individuals who were rescued on Lake Ontario this morning, they are expected to recover. Reporting live, I'm Mike Walker. Michelle, back to you. That is good to hear. Thank you, Mike. Let's bring in Jessica Smith now with more on the conditions these skaters were facing earlier today. Jessica, it's definitely milder than it was just a few days ago. It is, and I know a lot of people saw those really cold temperatures and thought maybe it was okay definitely not and these are some some tips from the red cross generally as a rule of thumb clear blue ice is okay to skate on but unless you've heard from the city or conservation authorities it's just not a good idea to go on ice usually the more kind of opaque the ice is the the less safe and we've really seen only a few days where we've had those really cold temperatures so Generally, as a rule of thumb, again, this is some information from Environment Canada, the Red Cross, you need at least 15 centimeters thick when it comes to the ice to be able to skate as an individual. And then when you get in towards kind of the the greater numbers towards 20 centimeters and you can have a few people on there and then when it comes to 25 is when it's safer for snowmobiles. When it comes to the amount of ice coverage on the lakes in general, it is so small right now. For Lake Ontario, in and around where all of this happened, we're only looking at maybe 10% of that lake covered and that's really kind of focused in towards those 
uh, western shore. So really, it is just not a good idea across the board to go on to any of the Great Lakes right now. Temperature-wise, we're sitting around minus 2, minus 5 when you factor in the wind chill. We are looking at a very mild day tomorrow, even more melting taking place. But there's some active weather on the way. I'll have those details coming up. Michelle. Thank you, Jessica. Well, the trio that plunged through the ice all felt their body temperature drop dangerously low. Still to come, signs someone is suffering from hypothermia and the fast-acting steps you can take that could help save lives. A warning, this next story contains disturbing contents. Turkey and Syria are grappling with a catastrophe of unimaginable magnitude tonight. More than 3,400 people are confirmed dead. Thousands of others are injured or homeless after two powerful earthquakes struck. CTV's Danielle Hamamjin reports. It was past 4 a.m. in southeast Turkey when the first one struck. In freezing weather and as people were sleeping, Powerful 7.8 earthquake sent thousands who could into the streets and trapping so many others in buildings reduced to rubble. It took almost two minutes until the shaking stopped, said this man. But just as daylight revealed the devastating aftermath, along came the second one, magnitude 7.5. Turkey is vulnerable to earthquakes, but this is the worst disaster to hit this country since 1939. Twin earthquakes, both shallow, in other words, closer to the surface, inflicting even more damage. As the hours went by, the death toll quickly rose. Not only here, but in northwest Syria, a country already ravaged by years of war, the little that did survive or what they'd managed to rebuild, now gone. And so are some of the children, in some cases, entire families. They endured and survived the bombings, only to be killed today by a natural disaster that has flattened entire neighborhoods. It's a very difficult task for us. We need help. We need the international community to do something to help us, to support us. <laughs> for now and the next several hours, it remains a race against time for those still trapped. Danielle Hamamjan, CTV News, London. The Toronto sign will be dimmed to honour those lives lost in Turkey and Syria. Members of those communities here are desperately trying to get in touch with loved ones back home. Recovery efforts are expected to take days and some say they are still waiting to hear if their families are safe. CTV Scott Lightfoot reports. Inside Etobicoke's Zula restaurant, pizza is on the menu, but the situation in Turkey is on the minds of staff. You didn't heard the earthquake in Turkey? The restaurant's owner has just received word that a close friend has been found alive. We were checking the phones and we were trying to reach out to them. And when we couldn't reach them. At the rear of the restaurant, news from back home is being live streamed. The earthquake started with my hometown. Like the, the, the center was in my hometown. I have a relative over there. Uh, one of my sister's family was living the huge building, like 12, 13 level 
building. It's collapsed. In this North York living room, the television is fixed to the latest from Turkey, and phones are constantly in use trying to get the latest information. I heard some died person over there, my relative, but I couldn't reach them too. This man has just learned that a young relative was found safe, but the rest of his family is unaccounted for. Just sitting here and waiting good news. This is not good. This is not easy to wait and see. There is a sense of helplessness among many in this country with family and friends in Turkey. It's hard to stay here, like, to do nothing. Like, we, we couldn't do anything for them. Local Turkish organizations in the GTA already mobilizing relief efforts. Currently what we are doing, we started getting a list of requirements from the people on the ground and we are going to kind of coordinate our efforts with the other uh, local Turkish people here and the other stakeholders. Details on what is needed and where it can be donated is expected in the coming days. Scott Lightfoot, CTV News. On a much different scale, a small quake forced thousands of people in the Niagara region out of their beds early this morning. Officials say it originated just east of Buffalo and was a bit larger than normally expected for the area. CTV Sean Lethong joins us now with more on what happened and the reaction. Sean. Overheating the startling start to the day for some in western New York and southern Ontario, something we're not used to and luckily there was no major damage. The kitchen in this Buffalo home shaking for a moment. The sound heard in this garage camera. A level 3.8 magnitude earthquake centered southeast of Buffalo around 6.15 this morning. Strong enough to disturb those sleeping and felt across the river in Fort Erie. Going on, I thought there was a, a, a crash or a plane crash. I was just making myself a pot of coffee. And I heard this big boom, and the, everything shook. And I thought, my gosh, it's a, it's a bomb. <laughs> and in Niagara Falls, where no damage was recorded. Right now, we're grateful. This was a warning. It was a reminder. And uh, we've got to be prepared for whatever comes together. We'll circle those wagons if it happens. This garage cam video from St. Catharines shows the quake lasting just a few seconds. Records also showing the quake felt in Hamilton and even Waterloo Region. Seismologist Stephen Halchuk says despite there being no fault lines here, minor tremors are quite common. Over the past 10 years or so, there have been roughly 60 events that have occurred. This image shows the number of tremors in the region since 1985, most not registering past a two. Just in the past year, there have been nine tremors, most of which were not felt by people. In June 2010, a magnitude 5 earthquake hit just north of Ottawa, being felt here in Toronto. I was climbing off the stage onto the balcony. I could feel the balcony turning from side to side. And just over a year later, a tremor originating in Virginia also caused buildings here to shake. A few of us uh, were a bit scared. Halchuk says today's quake was not large enough to cause damage, much smaller than the 7.8 magnitude quake in Turkey overnight. Each unit of magnitude you go up uh, results in a 10 times increase in the amount of shaking and a 30 times increase in the amount of energy released. And to give you more perspective, Halchuk says the movement in Turkey was roughly 10,000 times what was seen in Buffalo today. And he says the two events are not related. Reporting live, I'm Sean Nithong. Michelle, I'll send it back to you. Thank you, Sean.
Police in Brampton tonight are investigating the circumstances behind a crash that involved three cruisers and sent two people to hospital. Peel police say the incident started with a traffic stop early this morning. The driver of the sedan then took off before hitting a hydro pole and the cruisers a short distance later. Two men were sent to hospital but have since been released into police custody. Three women were also arrested. No word yet on charges. Police have released video of a man they say assaulted a TTC employee over the weekend. Officers say the man and the employee were in an argument around 2 a.m. Saturday morning at the Eglinton West Station bus terminal, reportedly because the station was closing and buses were no longer running. The employee was attacked as he tried to lock the door. The suspect is 5'11 with a medium build and dark mustache. A school bus is in a bit of a tough spot in the beach tonight. The vehicle is sitting over a sinkhole near Queen and Balsam, and there are reports it is getting bigger. No one is on this bus and no injuries have been reported. Crews are checking for a water main break or possible gas leak near the hole. Doug Ford is set to take part in a high-stakes health care meeting Tuesday. He will be alongside the country's premiers as they face the prime minister over a new deal. But there is word tonight any agreement that loosens the purse strings may come with some strings attached. Queen's Park reporter Siobhan Morris joins us now with more on what CTV News has learned about tomorrow's gathering. Siobhan. Raheem, despite Doug Ford's insistence that premiers will stick together at this meeting and reach one singular deal on health care funding, we are learning more about what Parliament Hill is pitching just for Ontario. This will be a meeting years in the making. The way I see it, it's the beginning of, of, uh, you know, of a real dialogue. I mean, at least we're sitting down at, at the table. The Prime Minister is expected to make a two-hour presentation to Canada's 13 premiers, laying out what Ottawa is prepared to offer on health care funding. People are needing better access to family doctors. People are needing uh, more reliable emergency room service. Right now, Ottawa pays 22% of the cost of delivering health care. Premiers have been pushing to bump that to 35%, an extra $28 billion a year. I kind of think of this as uh, Lego federalism. With one big agreement to boost the Canada health transfer. And then on top of that, there will be deals with individual provinces for increasing amounts of money in and around key priorities. Senior Ontario government sources tell CTV News they're working towards a deal with an extra $30 billion spread over 10 years. The annual boost roughly $3 billion. The Ontario Medical Association has some ideas for where that money could be best used. Catch up on the surgical backlog as well as to invest in primary care. Over a million and a half Ontarians don't have a family doctor. Zachariah says better technology could free existing doctors up to see more patients. We have computer systems that don't communicate with one another. It adds to the health care provider burnout. Tackling a staffing crisis in all corners of health care is expected to be a focus. They need to put in place urgent measures to shore up their nursing staff, to shore up their acute care medical staff and to really focus on long-term care staffing. Premier Doug Ford has said hiring more nurses and doctors is a priority for this deal. Senior Ontario government sources say they don't want to get into a long process before they ultimately agree to a health care deal. Think of it as something of a lesson learned from Ontario going last when it came to reaching a deal on child care. Reporting live from Queen's Park, I'm Siobhan Morris. Michelle, back to you.
Thank you, Siobhan. Toronto Public Health is expanding access to vaccines children need to have to, to be able to attend school. The nine shots required under Ontario's Immunization of School Pupils Act are being made available at all TPH vaccination clinics. Parents of 4 to 17-year-olds can book appointments for their kids starting today. Public Health says it's working to help students catch up on vaccines they may have missed during the pandemic. The city's website has a full list of the shots needed. An Ontario science brief suggests introducing a mask mandate when respiratory viruses surged in the fall may not have eased pressure on children's hospitals in the province. The document from Public Health Ontario says the effects of masking on COVID-19 transmission are strong. However, it says the benefits of mask mandates were less clear with flu and RSV circulating at the same time. The province's top doctor never went beyond strongly recommending their use. As the city ponders big budget decisions ahead, advocates for the homeless staged a poignant protest at City Hall. Calling for council to switch gears and do more for those who lack housing and shelter. CTV's Natalie Johnson reports. For nearly a year, Kat Klaus was homeless, a time she calls terrifying. I've lost a lot of friends um, just from being homeless. Um, friends that have frozen to death, that have um, passed out in the cold and then were found deceased. Today, she joined a protest that dramatized that reality. Torontonians lying down on the frozen ground to send a message to City Hall. Life is really, really fragile and really uh, worth protecting. Um, and that's at the bare minimum what the city should be doing is to ensure that people don't actually have to sleep on the pavement. With budget votes just days away, stop the eviction of encampment. The crowd called on the city to operate warming centers 24/7 in the winter months <laughs> and preserve five temporary pandemic shelters that are slated to close this year. We see people sleeping outside in stairwells, um, you know, trying to stay in coffee shops, you know, having to ride the TTC all night, and it's really unacceptable conditions. The group alleging that the homeless population will face harassment with more officers on the streets and in the transit system, calling for the $50 million increase to the police budget to be earmarked for safe shelter instead. People who are unhoused might be riding transit to stay warm because there are no options for people to go. In response to last week's frigid weather, the city added 432 shelter spaces, but still the system was at 99% capacity on Friday. The mayor's office saying, quote, Mayor Tory's primary concern in winter months and all year is to make sure the city of Toronto is continuing to support our most vulnerable residents, stressing that there are 9,000 shelter beds in this year's budget, up from 6,000 pre-pandemic. But a city staff report says despite this, the system is at full capacity most nights. A situation that Klaus says can put lives at stake. I just don't want to see it ever, like it's really got to stop. Natalie Johnson, CTV News. There is also controversy just down the street from City Hall following some tree-cutting plans by Metrolinx. The provincial-run group is working on one of two future Ontario Line station stops. Construction at Osgoode Hall would see the teardown of trees believed to be hundreds of years old. Crews began Saturday morning but stopped during an expedited hearing. City councillors say the public wasn't given enough time to review a third-party report that listed other locations before Metrolink started cutting down trees.
Despite um, its, uh, its commitments to public engagement, allowing for time and consideration of that report, what we saw Metrolinx do was push ahead without giving adequate time for the community to look at those alternatives and understand what they contained. The injunction for Osgood Hall lasts until midnight Friday. Meanwhile, work at Moss Park has continued, flattening rather much of the park. While it's not part of the injunction, people living in the area tell CTV News they were given no notice. The U.S. Coast Guard is imposing a temporary security zone as they search for what's left of a Chinese spy balloon. The military shot down the balloon Saturday in waters off Surfside Beach, South Carolina. The public is now being urged to avoid contact with any pieces that may wash ashore. Some bits of the balloon have been recovered in a debris field estimated to be about 1,500 meters by 1,500 meters. Officials said today the balloon was 60 meters tall with a payload of more than 900 kilograms. They cannot rule out the presence of explosives. In suburban Chicago, multiple fire departments were called in today to battle a huge blaze at a warehouse. Smoke could be seen for kilometers after the fire started shortly after 7 a.m. local time. Crews had to deal with flames burning in several parts of the facility, which had furniture and fabrics stored inside. Nearby roads in the industrial area were closed as firefighters worked to bring this blaze under control. There were no injuries, and there's no indication yet on what started this. Tens of thousands of workers walked off the job today in the largest strike to ever hit Britain's National Health Service. What do we want? Fair pay! When do we want it? Now! Nurses and ambulance service staff demanded a pay increase that reflects the worst inflation in 40 years. But the government says that would be unaffordable and only cause more price hikes. More strikes are planned for this week. Teachers, train drivers, border staff and postal workers have all walked out in recent months over pay demands. We're learning more tonight about a fatal hit and run over the weekend. Police say an SUV intentionally jumped a curb along the Danforth Sunday, targeting a 25-year-old man who had ties to Toronto's acting community. CTV's Beth McDonnell has the details. Gabriel Del Castillo Malali was 25 years old. Early Sunday morning, he was killed in a hit and run on the Danforth, now a homicide investigation. A child actor, he starred in the 2011 film Amy George, shown at the Toronto International Film Festival. Its co-directors telling CTV News Toronto they are shocked and devastated by his tragic death. Oh, it's a heartbreaking. Bright future, just gone, just in a second, you know. It's, it's, it's very sad. It's very, very sad. Saeed Patel says the young man liked electronics and coming to his store. He says Malali also liked playing pool across the street at the Rusty Nail Pub, and they had done so together six months ago. He was a working kid, hardworking, always talk nice, not a troublemaker. The Rusty Nail Pub is the same bar two witnesses say the suspect had been trying to get into before the fatal crash. It's located about 10 doors down from where Malali was struck. The witnesses say there had been an altercation between a group of young adults before a man got into his vehicle and deliberately drove into the crowd. Last summer, a stabbing also took place at the pub. The local councillor says there have been problems there. CTV News Toronto has reached out to the owners. Toronto police say Malali had been at a bar and was walking along the sidewalk when he was hit by the suspect's vehicle. Police were called around 4 a.m. 
Mulali died in hospital about 30 minutes later. Officers say the suspect took off going west on Danforth toward Woodbine in a dark-colored SUV. Two local businesses tell me security cameras captured the incident and they are working with police. Anyone with information or video is asked to contact investigators. Beth McDonnell, CTV News. To a CTV News investigation as we look into an accused romance scammer. Victims allege he changes his name, his job, and even uses elements of their lives in the story he tells to the next woman. John Woodward joins us now. And John, what's our justice system doing about this? Raheem, call it a work in progress. His exes call them a him a Tinder swindler. We've learned of new charges against this man who is accused of playing multiple women he's dated, many of them single moms, and also playing our justice system. This was the motorcycle that brought Naomi Wolf and Johnny Myers together. She bought it from him last year. The two hit it off and started dating. He's engaging and charismatic and fun to talk to. But soon she says he got angry, controlling. Then a friend sent her a link to a website. Are we dating the same man? On it was his picture. Other woman called Myers by a different name, John Molders. Others called him John Peter. It's baffling. And when Wolf reached out to those women, she says she learned many things he had told her weren't true, including that motorcycle actually belonged to Ange Medill in Peterborough. So he started to take advantage of me, I think, right from the first initial message, um, although I didn't realize it then. Medill says she met a man she called Johnny Myers in 2021. He offered to sell her motorbike for $10,000. She agreed, but she says she never saw him, the bike, or the money again. I will never be the same person I was last year. My trust is gone. CTV News has spoken to women who dated a man of that description all the way back to 2013 when the OPP arrested a man whose real name was John Mulder. He was pretending to be a veterinarian in order to meet women online and then defraud them. Court records we've reviewed show Mulder was convicted and served 683 days, but once out, he faced new charges. Fraud in Barrie, impaired driving in St. Catharines, two counts of fraud in Belleville, and fraud in Brantford. In all of these cases, bench warrants were issued when Myers didn't show up to court, but in a subsequent case, he was let out on bail anyway. Something this lawyer says happens often too often. One jurisdiction doesn't speak to the other. The left hand doesn't speak to the right. I actually almost lost my house. Um, I still owe $20,000 and I'm still dealing with that. Amy Todd believes if Mulder had been held in Belleville, he would not have gone on to earn her trust and then take $60,000 from her in a phony business investment in racehorses. She has an order from a judge to get him to pay it back and says she has heard from 150 other people who say they have interacted with Mulder. Couldn't believe the amount of women that contacted me. It was disgusting. Last week, Mulder was accused again, now facing charges of mischief, unlawful confinement and voyeurism. Wolf is blown away at the history. It's just trying to put pieces together of the lies. We don't know what the truth really will be. In a trail of deceived women, Wolf wants her case to be the last. Mulder is now awaiting a bail hearing in Milton for the latest charges, and we have not yet heard from his lawyer in the case, and it is important to reiterate that he is innocent on the outstanding charges until proven guilty. We'll be watching to see what happens at his bail hearing. Reporting live, I'm John Woodward. Back to you. Thank you, John. And if you have a story idea for CTV News Investigates, please let us know. You can email investigate at ctv.ca or visit our website for more secure and anonymous ways to get in touch.
It's the ultimate night in music, and amid all the glittering stars and big winners, a grandmother from Sudbury steals the spotlight. We'll explain coming up. I'm Pat Foran. Coming up on Consumer Alert, Netflix has started its crackdown on password sharing, and that means some people who have been using their family or friends' account are being cut off. Netflix is hoping people who use the service for free will now pay for it. All of that story, that's just a hit. We are watching for two rounds of rain this week. The first begins tomorrow in towards the late morning, early afternoon. So getting yourself ready for work tomorrow, the kids ready for school, the rain gear is going to be necessary. Temperature-wise, a very mild day ahead. We could even climb up to about 7 degrees. We'll keep a close eye on your forecast as we head throughout the overnight and into the day tomorrow. I will have your full forecast coming up. And stay with us. We've got another full night of great shows for you right here on CTV. Netflix is the largest streaming service in the world for movies and TV shows, and now it's cracking down on people who've been watching it for free. It's estimated worldwide there could be as many as 100 million viewers watching Netflix using someone else's password. Here's Pat Foran with Consumer Alert. Pat. Raheem and Michelle, password sharing is not new, but now so many friends, families, and coworkers are doing it, the streaming giant is losing money. If you're using someone else's password to watch Netflix, your account has already been canceled or could be very soon. Netflix is a place where many people turn to binge watch their favorite shows. As future king, have a duty. But if you've been tuning into the service by sharing someone else's password, your viewing time could soon be over. Many users are getting a notice like this that says Netflix is no longer available on this receiver. Many people hand out their authentication to people who live hundreds or even thousands of kilometers away. Netflix wants to crack down on that so they can start generating revenue from all these people been getting a free ride. The largest of the streaming services, Netflix has 230 million paying customers, but the company estimates there could be as many as 100 million people watching with shared passwords. Netflix wants to limit password sharing and told CTV News the Netflix app will no longer be accessible on select TV receivers and that people who do not live in your household will need to use their own account to watch Netflix. Netflix announced the crackdown last year when for the first time in a decade it lost subscribers. That's a major change from five years ago when it seemed to encourage shared accounts. Y'all remember when Netflix said love is sharing a password back in 2017. Technology analyst Carmi Levy says Netflix is facing increased financial pressures and competition from other streaming platforms. The cost of content is going up. They're spending tens of billions of dollars every year to bring you fresh new movies and TV shows, for example. So the company literally cannot afford to kind of maintain the status quo. Netflix is hoping to convert people from free users to paying customers, but a new survey found of those sharing passwords, 62% said they will stop using Netflix, 25% said they can't afford it, and 35% said they will use another service. Other companies may also follow Netflix's lead to curb shared passwords. If you've been sharing, uh, this is the first thing they're going to try to break that habit, but there will be more in the months to come. And even if you're paying for Netflix, you may have to verify your account occasionally or you could be locked out. Netflix is also experimenting with different service plans. The most basic is $6 a month with ads. The priciest one is $21 plus taxes. On your side, I'm Pat Foran. If you have a consumer story idea, email us at 
alert at ctv.ca. By no means is it warm outside, but it sure doesn't feel too bad, no. and it's about to get warmer. Exactly, and hopefully less people will be inside watching Netflix and can go outside yeah. and, you know, take advantage of some Get skating. outside, right? You yeah. hear your parents say it all the time, grandparents. It's going to be a really nice day tomorrow, but it comes at a price. We're looking at rain making its way through. So depending on how you like your forecast, it's going to be a fantastic day tomorrow. Mm. The thing to note is we could see a little freezing rain with the system as it comes through, and it is the first of two making its way through this week. Weather is brought to you by Train, the most reliable heating and cooling brand. It's hard to stop a train. It's been a beautiful start to the week temperature-wise. We saw a daytime high kind of hovering just at or above the freezing mark. So nice to get outside and enjoy the sunshine. We had a really cold snap of weather over the past few days. It, it shifted as we made our way through the weekend. A beautiful start to the week and even nicer as we get into the day tomorrow. But we are watching for some active weather as we head throughout this week. Right now, we're at minus two. The wind chill not really a factor for us. Still cold, though, through areas through central and northern Ontario, a little further east as well. But as we get through the next couple of days, that's going to shift pretty dramatically. Tonight, dropping down to minus 5, it will feel like minus 11. But the seasonal average this time of year is closer to minus 10. So really, we are kind of where we should be temperature-wise with what it feels like outside. Tomorrow, a daytime high of 6 degrees. Again, the seasonal average should be minus 2. So we are nowhere near that. But we are watching for rain. So although everybody really across southern Ontario feeling this warm-up, it comes at a bit of a price. So as we head through the day tomorrow, we're watching for two things. There's a system through northern Ontario set to bring some snow and another one coming up from south of the border. As they meet together, we are going to see that push out that high pressure and it brings a bit of a messy mix as we get through the week. It's a quick-moving system, but it's the first of two. So as we get through the rest of our evening, the cloud cover will increase. This system really starts in towards Godridge, Owen Sound. We could even see some embedded thunderstorm activity. Areas north of Owen Sound, up towards Huntsville, Sault Ste. Marie, kind of north of Lake Huron and Georgian Bay, north of Lake Superior, they are looking at some snow. For us here in southern Ontario, through Toronto and the GTA, this really comes through as we head through the late morning. We're watching for the chance of showers for the rest of the day, but overall, it moves up pretty quickly. Getting in towards the middle of the week, the sunshine set to return. The cloud cover will make its way out but we're not done with the active weather just yet. So again, Tuesday, the chance of showers kind of mid-morning and towards early afternoon, and then it moves its way out. Getting into Wednesday, a beautiful sunny day again. But on Thursday, we could see anywhere from 10 to 25 millimeters right now. That's what the models are looking for. And we're watching for heavier rain thanks to a Texas low making its way in. As we head in towards Friday, again, above seasonal, but we're dropping down to minus 10. A very cold night ahead of us, which could mean a little bit of flash freezing. We'll keep a close eye on that forecast as we head throughout the week. Raheem. Thanks, Jess. Registration is now open for YMCA summer day camps in the GTA. There are over 50 across the region for kids aged 4 to 16. The YMCA says more than 1,000 programs are available for the 2023 season. Recent graduates or older youth can also apply for a job opportunity at the camps. And Canada's Wonderland is hiring for the 2023 season. A hiring event is being held at the park between February 18th and the 24th, or candidates can apply online anytime. There are 4,000 positions that need to be filled. Opening day at Canada's Wonderland is set for May 5th. Also tonight, more proof that she is Queen Bay. Did I say that right? Beyonce makes history at the Grammys, while Harry Styles and his ultimate fan from Sudbury have a really great night. <laughs>
A snippet of Beyonce's Break My Soul, which tonight has helped push Queen Bee over the top as the winningest artist in Grammy history. Her big trophy grab was just one of the many highlights from Sunday's award ceremony. That's right. Music's grandest stage also included one grandmother from Sudbury. And CTV's Andrea Case joins us now with the highlights. Raheem, if you were going to call me a grandmother from Sudbury, no, there'd no, be no, some fireworks. But no, no, no. The Grammys <laughs> promised surprises from Madonna to Stevie Wonder. Bonnie Raitt's song of the year win for Just Like That. But the viral star of the night, no, not counting Ben Affleck's grumpy memes, is Sudbury's Rena Halvorsen. Who, you may ask? It was a big night for Harry Styles. Harry Styles is Harry's house when best pop vocal album. Thank you so much. Uh, this album from start to finish has been the greatest experience of my life. In the audience, one of his biggest fans, Rena, a grandmother from Sudbury. Album of the year. How are you feeling? More than excited, I just, I'm, I've been crying. <laughs> I feel like if you had your way, he would win all the awards. Exactly. Every single one? Every single one. Halverson was given the honor of announcing the winner. <laughs> Harry Styles! <laughs> and from her reaction, Harry's win was hers, the 28-year-old embracing the 78-year-old. Together on stage, they couldn't have been happier. The Queen is officially in the building. Ladies and gentlemen, Beyonce Knowles. Thank you so much. I was shocked to find out that traffic could stop you. I thought you traveled through space and time. Beyonce went into the night just four Grammys shy of being the winner of more trophies than any other music act ever. In the end, she surpassed the mark. She's truly now Queen Bee. Another milestone was passed by Oscar winner Viola Davis with her win for her audiobook narration and storytelling recording of Finding Me, a memoir. She has now earned the EGOT, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar and Tony Awards. Thank you. <laughs> I'm grateful. What a night. Another first Best Pop Duo group performance winners, Sam Smith and Kim Petras. Sam graciously wanted me to accept this award because I'm the first uh, transgender woman to win this award. Before the performance, Madonna introduced it as being controversial. Texas Senator Ted Cruz agreed, calling the Satan references in the performance evil. Has he forgotten like a prayer? Well, Canadian winners included Drake, Michael Bublé, and Pickering producer Boy Wanda for his work with both Beyonce and Kendrick Lamar. Reporting live, I'm Andrea Case. Michelle, I'll send it back to you. Thank you, Andrea. Well, six months after being attacked, Salman Rushdie is releasing a new book. The writer was blinded in his right eye and his left hand was badly injured after he was stabbed on stage during a lecture. Since the attack, Rushdie says he has struggled to write and has suffered nightmares. But tomorrow, his 15th novel, Victory City, will be published. Could this be a recipe for success? Pamela Anderson is getting a new show on Food Network Canada. The actor and model will serve as host and sous chef, focusing on her passion for plant-based food. Production on Pamela's Cooking with Love begins this summer with the premiere set for 2024. Stars Tonight is brought to you by Lastman's Bad Boy. Who's better? Nobody. And after the break, surviving hypothermia, expert insight into extreme exposure to cold and why the skaters who fell through the ice into the lake this morning are seriously lucky to be alive. 
Pamela Anderson Unfiltered. Tomorrow on CP24 Breakfast, the superstar son shares untold stories of life beyond Baywatch. CP24 Breakfast, where Toronto gets its everything every morning. We know that there is clear investments that need to be made. Updating our top stories, the Prime Minister is set to meet with Canada's premiers tomorrow to discuss a new health care deal. Senior Ontario government sources tell CTV News they're working on a plan in which Ottawa provides an extra $30 billion in funding over the next decade. Couldn't believe the amount of women that contacted me. It was disgusting. An Ontario man is facing charges in connection with a dating scam. However, court records reveal John Mulder previously served time for a similar scam with a similar pattern of behavior, allegedly stretching all the way back to 2013. Incredible amount of time to get them, but that is not a lot of time in terms of survivability. If it was longer than that, I don't know if we would have had the positive outcome. Three people who went through the ice near the Toronto Islands are lucky to be alive after being rescued from the frigid water of Lake Ontario. They spent roughly 16 minutes in the water before first responders pulled them to safety. And that rescue is a stark reminder of how quickly our bodies can suffer from hypothermia. As our health reporter Pauline Chan explains, helping someone recover from the extreme cold needs to happen quickly and carefully. 16 minutes in water that was hovering around the freezing mark. Um, that these people are alive for 16 minutes. I mean, that is profound hyperthermia. Um, and uh, I can't believe that they're still alive. When you now come out of the water and you have like wet skin and you have like minus 20, it's the seconds you can have a frostbite. Literally, it can be very, very quick. Dr. Mark Yeshke of Hamilton Health Sciences says the body goes into a kind of hibernation with this kind of exposure to extreme cold. And rewarming the patient too fast can cause severe problems. So you have to be very diligent. You warm them with blankets. You do some hot uh, infusions. You monitor their heart rate. You need to monitor their electrolytes. I need to monitor that there is no swelling, no edema, no anything dangerous happening at the same time. Frostbite occurs when the fluids in your tissue crystallizes due to cold, but hypothermia is when the body's core temperature drops dangerously low. Over Christmas, when it was so cold, uh, so cold I think we got over 30 calls and referrals for frostbites. So that was, I think, almost a record. 30, and we operated on dozens of patients that lost fingers and hands and toes. And the Life-Saving Society warns Ontarians should remember that a minimum of 4 inches or 10 centimetres of solid, clean ice is required to support a single person. Always check the thickness of ice in multiple places. Never go on the ice alone. Pauline Chan, CTV News. On the markets, the loonie dropped 23 basis points to 74.38 U.S. American oil gained 72 cents a barrel to 74.11. And the TSX lost 129 points to close at 20,628. There are more layoffs tonight to report in the tech industry. Dell is cutting more than 6,600 jobs, or about 5% of its global workforce. The company had already brought in a hiring freeze and limits on travel as it dealt with a collapse in PC sales. But executives now say those moves are no longer enough as Dell braces for a possible recession. Rival HP has also said it will cut up to 6,000 jobs. More Hong Kong residents are going to get a chance to work in Canada on a temporary basis. Ottawa is expanding the criteria to apply. 
Previously, residents who graduated from a post-secondary school within the past five years were eligible, but that has now been changed to 10 years. The temporary work permit program is also being extended to 2025. It was introduced after China imposed new security rules on the former British colony in 2020. Well, the entrepreneurial spirit is alive and well in America. Sellers on eBay are now offering bottles of sand from the spot where Tom Brady recorded his retirement video last week. Prices vary, but one starts at nearly $100,000. Brady starts his new job as an analyst for Fox Sports in 2024. While Mitch Marner is on a roll, the Leafs winger has been named one of the NHL's three stars of the week. Marner set a single tournament record during Saturday's All-Star game with six assists. He also scored a goal in Toronto's loss to the Bruins on Wednesday. Matthew Tuchuk and Dylan Larkin also earned Stars of the Week honors. Tonight, the science behind the disasters in Turkey and Syria. A look at where the earthquake hit and why it was so deadly, along with the Canadian response, later on CTV National News. They scour beaches and fields, sometimes for hours with nothing to show for it. But now, amateur treasure hunters are getting their moment in the spotlight. The National Museum of Denmark is paying tribute to metal detector hobbyists who have unearthed some remarkable artifacts. Roman gold coins and rings with precious stones are among the thousands of objects found over the years. Danish law requires metal detectorists to report and hand over their discoveries to museums. In exchange, they receive a finder's fee. Well, let's take one more look at the weather before we go. And Jess, when are we expecting that rain to really kick in? Really, it's late morning into early afternoon. Not a washout of a day by any stretch, but just keep the umbrella handy if you're going to be taking the kids to school or you're heading out in the afternoon. The good news, though, is that we're going to see sunshine as we mark the middle of the week, and then the heavier rain is the second round that comes on Thursday. For now, we're just dealing with a little cloud cover out there. A beautiful night ahead of us, all things considered how cold it was just a few days ago. Temperature-wise, around the Golden Horseshoe hovering, kind of around that minus one, minus is to mark the wind chill not so much of a factor for us here in the city but it is a little cooler out towards Kingston and for areas up through Smith Falls now we are going to look at a wind chill that is a little bit of a factor as we head through the night but not much it'll feel like minus four for much of the evening so if you're going to get out tonight and go for a walk walk the dog get those steps in not a bad night to do so as we head into the day tomorrow again watching for some passing showers as we head in towards the late morning early afternoon and then sun on the way for wednesday so not too bad all things considered mm -hmm. nice and mild thank you jess and that's it for us but be sure to join omar sachadina tonight at 11 for ctv national news followed by zoraida allman with our next local newscast that's at 11 30. in the meantime our coverage continues anytime on cp24 and online at ctvnewstoronto.ca for jessica smith and all of us here at ctv news thank you for watching and have a great night